Bad vibes only. A. Eugenio Suarez was traded yesterday to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Mariners received a backup catcher and a reclamation project arm. I wouldn't call it reclamation project. Maybe like a, hmm, science project of an arm sure. for the Seattle Mariners. This is episode 37 of the Hit It Here podcast on the Believe Network, and I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? I am Cal Grumpy. I'm grumpy about this move, about all the stuff that's, I think, just like the dialogue around the Mariners. We have said it plenty of times that we would defend, you know, the front office. Like, we've defended the office, front office pretty consistently, I'd say, throughout our tenure here on Mariner Mojo. And this has been the most pessimistic and negative, I think, uh, that we both have been surrounding them just in general so Gino obviously traded to the Diamondbacks they had a hole at third base so I think you know it made a ton of sense for them to try and go out and get a third baseman but I never really I didn't expect it to be Gino I was not that was not you know on my bingo card right I would not have placed a bet on it but if I were to I would have done it on bet online the holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form bet on Kraken hockey baby if you want to drop the pucks let's go or if you want to bet on the Seahawks playing on Thanksgiving for the first time since 2014 against the Niners a team that beat last time 19 to 3 on that day you can place your bets there on bet online bet online it's your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to minute sports wagering news odds trends and predictions bet online it's the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and it's again it's not just the big four like i mentioned earlier they've also got things like mma and international soccer from both desktop and mobile access there. Make sure to head over to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And if the season were to start tomorrow, we'd probably be rolling out Luis Urias and Josh Rojas over at third base alongside the package that we received in this trade for Gino, which was Sebi Savala, backup catcher, and Carlos Vargas. Like you're saying, a science project of a reliever. How are you feeling? I hate it. I absolutely despise everything about this trade. There is not a single part of me that says, yeah, this is a good trade. Cool. Sebi Zavala. You could have gone out and picked from the 500 different catchers that are on the free agent market. Picked one of them. Yeah. You could have found your next reclamation project out there on the on the free agent market. And you didn't have to trade for Carlos Vargas. Like, yeah, I heard he, he's got a great slider. Cool. Think That's he throws a hundred? Cool. Yeah. I'm sure that he could be great. He's a reliever. Like I he's a reliever who's never done anything in the major leagues, obviously five games, and he was not good last year in AAA either. I don't care. Like I I I would much rather the Mariners go out and sign the, some sort of semblance of these guys in free agency. Uh, you could have probably signed both of them. Let's say they were both free agents. You probably could have signed both of them to a minor league deal. Yeah. Pretty like, pretty easily without having and, to like go out of your way to go get them. Instead, you trade one of the hearts and souls of that damn clubhouse for two guys that very easily this time next year, or I guess in March, might not even be on the roster. Yeah. Like both guys. I would not be shocked to see Sevi Zavala gone. I would not be shocked to see Vargas in AAA at all. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me one bit. So I don't know. I think this was a terrible trade. I know the Mariners, you know, saved themselves $11 million, but Gino on $11 million, that's actually a pretty good contract. That's, he would have made more than that on the free agent market had he been a free agent this offseason. Like, yeah. I think that you had a deal for Gino, even though he performed very poorly in 2023. I think that you're going out there and you're like, okay, we're never going to strike out again now. 
Yeah. That's just the Mariners' plan. You can't have it. You can't have those strikeouts. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. understand to an extent, and I'm not saying I'm okay with this trade necessarily, but the, I guess, potential regression in Geno for a second year in a row, that could spell disaster for you at third base, but I don't know if it's willing to completely dismantle the clubhouse. Like, you mentioned it at the top of your little thing there about, like, just good vibes guy. Obviously, good vibes only, the bad vibes now. I don't know how this clubhouse is going to, like, bounce back. And I understand that there are other leaders in that clubhouse among the you know the guys on the team. There are plenty of names in there that can step into a bigger role or have their role just grow, like Cal or JP. Like we we know the names, we know the guys that are gonna be those players in that clubhouse. But Gino was a guy that we had a lot of question marks when we first traded for him from the Reds two off seasons ago. He was going to replace our longest tenured Mariner, Kyle Seeger, and he did it with grace, and he did it with style. And Mariners fans fell in love with him pretty much immediately, I would say. Then to abandon that ship two seasons later for, in one of the most, I think, tense, hectic, and just, it's almost, it's like a war zone this offseason for Mariners, just Twitter admin getting absolutely just beat down over there on Twitter. The front office, it's, I don't know. They're, they're speed running their way into losing the fandom and the player base at this rate with trading Gino Suarez. It just, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I agree. I think that I have never as a fan felt as, I guess, dejected when with such high expectations that I had going into this offseason, which I had high expectations last offseason too, but yeah. high expectations going into this offseason and having a trade like that go down, especially after the comments that Gino made at the end of the year, uh, how appreciative he was of all the fans and the team and whatnot. And with everything else, you know, the Cal comments that have come out, all the guys defending Cal, Paul Seawald talking about it, now they're teammates again. Yeah, It's all those things being talked about. And then you add this on top of it. It's like you are taking away... People, people like to go to the ballpark and know who they're seeing every day. And the, they like their guys that they, they fall in love with, the Julios. I mean, that's why Kyle Seeger was so popular as well. Everyone loved him. He was good. And, you know, that's why everyone was bawling when he retired. Felix, everyone was bawling when he retired. That doesn't happen for a guy who's there for a year. It happens for a guy who really endears himself to the fans, to the clubhouse and everything. And all the guys on the team loved Gino. All the fans loved Gino. It just, it, it seems so asinine to go out there and trade a guy like this for two guys that are maybe absolutely nothing. Like, if, if Vargas can become, can become something cool. Zavala is a 30-year-old backup catcher. Yeah, I would much rather have signed Tom Murphy. Yeah. I mean, we also already acquired a guy that could have been exactly what Sebi Zavala will bring to us next year with trading for Blake Hunt. I know we got him for, like, basically nothing, but it just seems like another tone-deaf thing from the front office. And I know there's operating costs that we may, we might not understand. Maybe they're given a harder budget than we expect. Whatever. doesn't matter. I don't think that trading Gino should have been the move for to like reallocate that money. There are other guys that I think you can offload in different ways as like to save money. I'm not saying they could have got anything for Marco Gonzalez, but Marco Gonzalez is going to make $12 million next year. He's going to make a million more than Gino. If you wanted to get one more million dollars, since it's so freaking important to get all the money, maybe try and offload Marco. I get that the package probably doesn't exist for him. There's a market for Gino and that's why he was traded. And he said, I think he, in the, you know, post Gino era, 
of the Seattle Mariners that's been like, what, four hours. He's already had a phone interview where he talked about he's heard the rumblings, he understands the business, but he's very thankful and grateful for Seattle, the time he spent here, and the fans for taking him in and just appreciating him for who he was and the player that he is. And I feel that same sentiment. It sucks that it happened. I understand it's a business, but like, I can't help but not be appreciative of what he's done. I just hope that this doesn't completely just blow up like it feels like it's about to Mm -hmm. and i know people are saying we need to focus on you know this means there are more moves coming blah blah blah. are there because we thought the same thing with the mariners trade of paul seawald and in the past calendar year you've now lost three big clubhouse guys in seawald gino and teo obviously teo was around for one year but he was allegedly a good clubhouse guy and how 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 if you're the front office you say "Mm, these guys and what they bring to the clubhouse they don't matter we're gonna go ahead and get rid of Gino and then not have a full full fledged plan laid out. Mm-hmm. Like, are the Mariners gonna make a trade? Are they gonna make a signing? We don't know because in the past the answer has been no. And you would think with the money they saved and with everything that's going on around baseball right now that yeah they're gonna go get a replacement for him. But then like not even like an hour after the Gino trade, someone tweeted that that Urias is it opens the door for Urias to be the everyday third baseman. Yeah, I mean it's, hell no. I think it's Rosenthal and Divish like speculating essentially in the fact Mm -hmm. that like if the season were to start tomorrow urias is your third baseman which is not great and i hope that's not the avenue that they i think try and push towards because there are you know there are players in this free agent class that could be better than them not saying it's ever a guarantee because we know how you know guaranteeing player success worked out for us last offseason but if there were to be a third baseman that we were to go out and sign the guy at the top of my list it's probably Heimer Candelario, if I'm being real. He provides flexibility in the infield a little bit more than the other guys on this list because he can go play first base and give Ty France a day off. Meaning when you need to, you've also got Urias and Rojas available to play third base if you need it to. That's not exactly like a foolproof plan, but it's a step in the right direction. Colton, how do you feel about Heimer Candelario? I think it's a fine addition. I think that it makes sense to add him. I think he made sense even when Gino was on the roster Ooh. to go out there and add him. And But a lot of teams are going to be looking for his services. And I think that, you know, it doesn't have to be Heimer Condelario specifically, but a guy like that makes sense. If he was to be your starting third baseman next year, then fine. It is what it is. You also have the opportunity because of this trade to go out and get somebody at second base and move the Urias Rojas platoon over to third base. That's an option as well. Yeah. Like we've talked about other trades we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the guy that I don't want to see is Matt Chapman. Do not, you're going to spend more money on Matt Chapman, who was essentially a very, he was a very similar player to Gino in 2023. He was good for like two months, maybe a month, and then he fell off the face of the earth. He won the gold glove over there because, of course, he did. He always does. He's a great de- he's a great defender, but so was Gino in 2023. And I don't know Matt Chapman. He's gonna cost more again. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are gonna be looking for him. I think he is the wrong answer in free agency. I wouldn't say he's the worst case scenario because I feel like worst case scenario is you're throwing like Jose Caballero over there at third base or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But I think that Matt Chapman is an absolute no for me. Yeah, comparing those two first guys because I think those are the two big pillars right of free agents at third base. Heimer Candelario, his strikeout percentage in 2023 is was 24.8, and he's got a 23.5 strikeout percentage on his career. Matt Chapman, if we're trying to reduce strikeouts, doesn't make sense. I mean, a little bit. 
but not enough like the Candelario move would make because in 2023, Chapman struck out 28.4% of the time. He's got a 27.2 strikeout percentage on his career. So yeah, he's got great defense over there. Something that Candelario doesn't really have. Candelario, one thing about him, it's not going to be great like defending at either position that he goes to like Gino gave to us last year or Matt Chapman would give to us if we were to bring him in. And I think that's like where a lot of the value comes in for Chapman, as opposed to his bat. It's the potential for him to string together a month or two, but then it's very, very good defense for Candelario. I like the offensive upside a little bit more than the defense. If I'm being honest, because yeah, defense can help, but it's not going to drive in the runs. And Sure, we kind of saw that last year where Gino's value, he wasn't super valuable at the plate. I think he posted a 100 OPS plus, but played great defense. So it's just like a bit of give and take there. If I'm willing to sacrifice money and give it to one of those guys, Candelario is going to get like 17 million a year, maybe something like that. That's probably a little high. Chapman's asking for like up like in the 20s. So it's just not worth it. In that regard, when when you were paying Gino eleven million dollars, you're not gonna find a better replacement right now that's easily available than Gino at third base for the price that he was getting paid. It just you're not gonna find it. Yeah. Those guys don't exist. I mean, the free agent market, like Joe said, it's it's Condelario and it's Chapman and then it's everybody else. Joe, who else was on that list that we talked about? Justin Turner is there, but he's more of a DH only. I would say at this rate, like I don't want him going over and playing third base that much anymore. So if that were to be the case, he's going to be more of a DH thing. And sure, Turner, traditionally great hitter throughout his career, can you know provide a little bit of, again, same infield flexibility like Candelario did at first and third, and maybe second base if you want to play you know play games with father time. But for the contract that he's going to get, because he's old, he's only going to get one year, it's probably same value as Candelario, like 16, maybe 15 to 17 million maybe. And I think he's got other suitors that would, I think he fits into a roster spot better for than the first two. So as far as free agency goes, it really is just those first two guys for me. But do you, could you see Turner being a fit? I mean, I could see it. He's a been there, done that guy. I don't think he strikes out all that much. Um, I don't think that he is good defensively whatsoever over there at third base. But I mean, you know, if it's a one-year deal, whatever. So what? Like, I don't care if you sign him to a one-year deal and doesn't work out you just have to be ready to go out there and fix that problem because that is all of a sudden could be a very big glaring hole for you where the Mariners went into this offseason with second base being their biggest need in the infield and now it's just totally flip-flopped third base in my opinion is your biggest need yeah and one of the two I mean you could the guys that are playing second you could put it third but <laughs> like we we I know that we have all these utility players now where it's gonna make our infield of utility players like Urias Rojas Caballero and Dylan Moore are the four people to fill those spots right now. It doesn't make sense to use one of them. So sure, Justin Turner, I'm fine with it. I'm not in love with the idea, but there are some trades, Joe. There are, there are some trades. You brought up a guy that, unlike Turner, who put up an 842 fielding percentage in 2023 at third base in 57 innings, by the way, this guy has been a platinum glove winner. He's a generational defender at third base, okay? I think 2023 was the first time he had not been a finalist for the gold glove at third base in the National League. We're pairing up with the Cardinals on this trade, Colton. You mentioned yep. him. It's Nolan Arenado. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Cardinals have gone out and now signed Kyle Gibson, and they signed Lance Lynn to replace Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, and Adam Wainwright. Those guys suck. It's great stuff over there in St. Louis. 
So the Mar- the the Cardinals are going to need a good starting pitcher, a young starting pitcher, and Logan Gilbert is headed to the Cardinals in this trade. Keep in mind, do I think this would ever happen? No. Just just so we're clear, comment section, okay? I don't think this is going to happen. No. I just like the idea. Uh, you know, Logan Gilbert to the Cardinals, you're getting Arenado back. Maybe they eat some of that contract. It they, makes sense that the, that the Mariners then got rid of a little bit of money yeah. for, by trading Gino. You, I, don't, I think Arenado's making like $30 million a year or something yeah, wild, right? So, nine years, 275 mil on his contract. I'm going to see what his uh, base salary is going forward mm-hmm, for the rest yeah. of that contract. Um, next year, yeah, $35 million in 2024, down to $32 million in 2025, then $27 million in 2026, and then $15 million in 2027. So if we're thinking that they cleared up $11 million to then go pay $35 million for a third baseman, probably not a great shot at that. But, I mean, you know, it's one of those situations where it is kind of like you're paying for the name. Like you're paying for Nolan Arenado because dude is – I mean, he's been very, very good throughout his entire career over there at third base. Probably the best third baseman in our generation, I'd be willing to say. I mean, at least top three. So it'd be nice to have. It's just whether or not, like, what version are we going to get of him? Because last year he posted a 109 OPS plus. It's a, his first down year, really, not counting the COVID season since he broke onto the scene. So would that, I mean, that's not even that big of a down year. It's 109. It's above league average. But compared to his 151s, his stretch of like 124s through 131s, like dude was a very good hitter. Would it translate to T-Mobile? I don't know. So I don't know if it's necessarily worth that risk. A guy that I think could potentially be a better fit, especially with the all utilities, Jake Cronenworth is a name that we talked about that we weren't like sold on. Because, like, you know, one and a half war last year, but he's a traditionally a four-win guy. But he doesn't really play third. He plays more so the other infield position. So that is how Luis Urias and Josh Rose kind of fit into that. Because they can go play third, and then Cronenworth can have second. Colton, you made a face. Jake Cronenworth. I, I'm I'm just not in love with Jake Cronenworth. And I don't know if he's going to bounce back the way people are thinking that he's going to, and he very well might, and I might eat my words, and you guys will hear me say that again in a video possibly tomorrow, maybe, unless something else happens. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What's your Jake Cronenworth are you going to get? Because if, if, if you get the four-win player of Jake Cronenworth and you are paying him $10 million a year, perfect. That's great. I'm yeah. in. You can move him all around the infield. But if you get the one-win player that's a tough contract and who knows where you can move him to at that point. Cause if, 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 if that happens, his value is going to be so down who nobody's going to want that contract yeah. for the next seven years or whatever it is. So I like the idea of Cronenworth. It can't be the big move that you make though. It can't like, you can't get Jake Cronenworth and say, now we're set for the season. There, yeah. there has to be more than just Jake Cronenworth. Aside from the need of still filling out like an everyday outfielder spot. Right. I, I get what you're saying there. For Cronenworth, it is one of those situations where there's things that you can still like about his game. It's just also the the money too makes a lot of sense. The money that they moved, they'd just be like taking on with Cronenworth because it's like the same amount of money. It's about $11 million. So I think that can make a lot of sense there. But a guy that I'm more so interested in from the Padres that it's a similar situation. I mean, he could play third base if you need him to. But I would prefer... And I, you know, I think everybody would. Ha Sung Kim from the Padres. I think the price would probably be a little bit more in terms of trading because he just put up like a 5.8 war last year compared to Chrono Worst, like one and a half. So it's a little different of a trade package that we would be throwing out. 
And he's not a free agent until 2027. I get that Cronenworth's contract's longer, but this one's cheaper. Hassan Kim, we talked about it last offseason. Where here we are again. Are you still in the same boat you like Hassan Kim? Yeah, I mean, go get Hassan Kim. Like, I, I don't know what it would take to get Hassan Kim, but... And I don't know why the Padres want to move him either, to be honest with you, especially if they're trying to save money. Cronenworth's the guy they're going to want to move instead yeah. of Kim. Um, That's but funny. yeah, I mean, it makes sense for the Mariners. I think he can play second. You can put him at short. You can put him at third base. Like, yep. maybe. So, like, the Thank options you. are there for Hassan Kim. Again, could the Mariners really go out and make that trade? Maybe. I mean, they'd have to trade one of their young starting pitchers. I, you're, I think if to trade Kim or to get Kim, you're probably going to need to give up one of Miller or Wu. Yeah. I think that. Which is really unfortunate because I don't necessarily think for Cronenworth you would have to. Yeah. But Hassan Kim, right-handed hitter. Um, he's electric down there in San Diego. The fans like him a lot as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And I think I think that he makes a lot of sense for the Mariners. Um, do you have his strikeout numbers by chance? Oh, I do. You already know I'm all over it. Last year in 2023 posted a 19.8 strikeout percentage. A 19.6 across his career. So when he first came over from the KBO, it was 23.6. Everyone's like, okay, maybe he won't figure it out. But 2022 dropped it down to 17.2% and then a little bit higher in 2023. But I think it's a lot more so just the fact that he was seeing more at-bats. You know, there's a little bit more exposure there. But that's, I mean, that's pretty freaking good. I mean, it's it's a significant drop. It's about 10% drop from Gino in terms of strikeout percentage and other guys that we mentioned like Matt Chapman, it's another 10% drop. And I think we could get similar production, if not much better production from Hassan Kim than I would say from Matt Chapman from an offensive standpoint. I mean, it's close. Hassan Kim put up a 110 OPS plus Matt Chapman put up a 108 OPS plus. So it's negligible, but for the contract, the potential of maybe wanting to, you know, then if Jung-Hoo Lee wants to, you know, come to wherever Ha-Sung Kim's at, then that he could be our outfielder, not to get sidetracked there. But if that's an avenue to help bring him in, then I'm, of course, fully bought into Ha-Sung Kim. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like the idea of him. It's another utility guy, but this one's actually like really good compared to the other ones who are kind of mid. And I, you know, who knows? You know, you've said it. Maybe we'd eat our words about you're talking about Cronenworth. Maybe Luis Urias has a great year next year. And we're all fools. But I don't know if we're really wanting to bank on that. And so betting on Urias, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And there is a guy I think is the best fit out of trades here. The cost is a little funky. It's a guy that I said that is going to be the first big move. It's Yandy Diaz because you put him at third. Nice. Then when Ty Francis the day off, you put him at first, and then Urias nice. and Rojas can go play third. Nice, right? So the positional flexibility is good there. He's He was obviously one of the best hitters in 2023. Colton, Yandy Diaz, where are you at? I know my trade package last week was a little high. I understand that, okay? But I'm, I don't know. I think it, I think it makes a lot of sense. Give me Yandy Diaz. If I can have one guy this offseason, give me an idea. He's a little bit old on the older side. He's 32, uh, same age as Gino, I think. Mm -hmm. And the cost, like Joe said, is going to be interesting. I don't really know what it would cost for Yandi Diaz, but he's a guy who hits, you know, 320 every year. He puts up like a 120-something OPS plus, and I think that he's the perfect guy. He doesn't strike out. He's the perfect guy for the Mariners to add over there at third base if they want to cut down on strikeouts while still you know, fielding a competitive baseball team because he is a guy that you can plug right into the middle of that order. He's not going to hit you 30 home runs, yeah. but he's going to run into one once in a while. And I think that 
he makes the Mariners lineup much better, much longer than it was last year. He, it cuts down on the Mariners strikeout rate. And I think that there's a chance they string more hits together with a guy like Yandy Diaz because he's a guy that can keep an inning going. And I don't know if it's just an like a, a whole offensive like flip-flop Mariners are trying to do here where they were going boom or bust. We're getting all these home run guys now. Like we're getting rid of all of our strikeout guys. Screw it. And yeah. we're going with guys with high OBPs and batting averages and, you know, guys that make contact. Sure. I mean, think about like the Royals last year when the Mariners played them. They never struck out and they just, they just small balled you to death. Maybe that's what the Mariners want to do now. I don't know. But I think Yanni Diaz is the perfect fit. I kind of agree with your uh, like alignment on, I don't want to say like they're playing small ball, they're going to small ball you to death because there's still plenty of boom in the lineup with Julio, Cal, Yandy Diaz, I mean, put up 22 home runs last year. It's his career high. So like you said, it's not a ton, but it's enough. And he hit 330, 410, 522 with a 932 OPS last year. Good for a 158 OPS plus, by the way. Finished sixth in the MVP voting, silver slugger, and all-star. Yeah, he'd fit right smack dab in the middle of that lineup without question. And, you know, if there's another guy, say, like, to add to this in terms of guys that can lengthen the lineup, right-handed contact. It's in the outfield. You know, you look to guys like Guriel or Soler. People worry about Soler strikeouts. His biggest strikeout year was because he played in 162 games. He led the league in strikeouts, but that's because he played all season long. And it, that strikeout rate wasn't really as bad as people might think. So there are options there if you go out and get Yandy Diaz to then also continue to improve that lineup offensively by not bringing in guys that strike out a ton or having guys that strike out a ton and still providing good, you know, boom, guys that go out and bang baseballs, as Jerry would put it, to help along with the stringing hits together and keeping innings alive. Because I don't hate the idea of retooling the offense. Because there was a lot of moments last year where it was very frustrating watching guys strike out with the bases loaded or strike out with runners in scoring position or just not making solid contact. So if we can improve that in any which way, Yandy Diaz, I think, does make the most sense out of any of the names that we've said so far. It is just a worry about that package because do the Rays necessarily need starting pitching? No, but they might be looking to move Tyler Glass now. So that could be a possibility. So I don't, you know, and there are so many guys on that staff are injury prone. Could they just use dependable innings like a Bryce Miller? Probably. And I think that's probably where the conversation starts in terms of a trade for Yandy Diaz, unfortunately. But it's a price that we're going to have to pay because the Mariners continue to get fleeced in these trades. Eventually, they got to go out and get someone of substantial value to help kind of mitigate losing some of the prowess that the team had at the beginning of the offseason. You think they're going to? Next question. Okay, next question. Bryce Miller for Yandy Diaz straight up. Who says no? The Rays say no. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Not enough. I don't think it's enough. I think they'd want to look like probably one more piece that's like decent. I mean, I gave two more pieces on top of that last week, and I realized that's probably a little much. But yeah, I just think the Rays know what they have with Yandy Diaz. I know they've got a crowded infield, but it's not often that you're trading a guy with a 158 OPS plus. But if there ever was a team to do it, it's the Rays. And then the next season, he's going to have an 85 OPS plus because that's yep. just the Rays <laughs> devil magic that they've got. The Tampa Bay devil Rays, if you will. So, yeah. So those are just some of the trades that we kind of came up with to fill this spot of a Eugenio Suarez. If you want to hear more about the guys the Mariners got in this trade of a Eugenio, I talked about that in this video right here really breaking down the trade. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 37 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online. We appreciate you guys watching this one and go Mariners.